live feed to the website is on. Levels is good. Levels is good. The levels is good. Mercury Great Approaches. I shall create the illest podcaster known to mankind. But Master, what are you going to do? Howard Stern. Stephen A. Smith. Joel Rogan. Dave Chappelle. Why Dave Chappelle? Because he's a funny motherfucker. Jay-Z. Jay-Z? Because he has money, you fucking dickhead. Oh, I'm sorry, master. Oh, I'm very sorry. The heart of India. The strength of a black man. And the pride of a Spaniard. I present to you... My teeth! It's alive! He's walking, master! He's walking! Mighty Sports! And welcome back to another edition of the My T Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one on Dollar Throw My Taylor, aka the Brooklyn. Oh, oh, the Brooklyn Buzzsaw. And that, that hit me at the right moment. You guys know, if you guys know the podcast, you guys know that that that, that I'm alumni of the Nate Dog School of Medicine. Yeah, you know what the school motto is. Smoke weed every day. But listen, it's another in Fuego Day in the hottest city in the world. It is November 17th. They said we have highs of 81, lows of 68. That's actually weird. Lows of 68. I'm mean, gonna have to open that window tonight. It currently, I think is I think they said it's 76 degrees. It's partly actually it's no longer partly cloudy. It is no longer partly cloudy. I do see some rain clouds, and this is South Florida, so there's always a 50% chance of rain out there. But listen. The NBA season has begun. Trades have already started. And we're gonna start wondering, right, as as these things start to start to line up. Does the latest trade make Phoenix for real? Harden was literally given an offer that you can't refuse. Will Milwaukee try to keep their boo? What's next for the Knicks and with the and for the Brooklyn Nets? Is it gonna be championship or bust? We're gonna talk about all of that. Season six, episode fifty, excerpt two hundred and forty-three of the My T Sports Podcast. And you know what I say, regardless of the time. Take that, take that, take that. And regardless of the weather. You play to win the game. Hello? It's always a good time to talk some sports. So, let's start.
talking. Woo! Back at it like a sports fanatic. My T Sports. You play to win the game. Hello? Facts. You tell them again, coach. Yo, let's get right into it. First of all, first of all, first things first. Show me the money. Like, I don't know if that's what James Harden told them boys. But them boys in Houston came out and said, yo, we are going to give you everything money-wise. So the, the James Harden basically has come out with the Houston Rockets and said like, yo, I don't want to be here no more, B. Like it's time, it's time for it's time for me to bounce. I think it's I think it's time for me to go about my way. And, and can I tell you guys how excited I am that we finally get a chance to talk basketball? Like we've been talking so much football without any basketball, and the fact that I haven't even had a chance to get basketball in there, like it's been breaking my heart. It's, yo, yo, locked out all day. It's been breaking my fucking heart, B. Right? I'm glad that we're here now. And the fact is, I'm not even going to talk football. Actually, no, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to talk a little bit football today. Kirk Cousins gets his first W on Monday Night Football. Here you go. Here goes the football of football I'm talking about today. <laughs> and they even got sound effects for that. But that's that's it. So I'm really happy I get a chance to talk basketball today. And as ha and then I'm happier than a guy that just got offered... Two, a two-year, $103 million contract. Yes, folks. Two years, $103 million contract. They offered that man basically like a 50.75, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Some shit. Some shit. Some 51.5? Somewhere around, around there. They were going to give him that first over $50 million contract. And we said this. We said this years ago, right? That pretty soon, don't be surprised with how the con with how the contracts were going up or how the salary cap was going up if you started seeing players being able to get like quarter million dollar contracts. You know what I mean? Or you, or you already started to see that, but not quarter million dollar contracts, but yeah. Or half a million dollar contracts. <laughs> like, don't don't be surprised when you when you start seeing your players sign for five find five years and every single year they're getting paid over fifty million dollars. Don't be surprised that when the NBA players that are that are gone or one by the time they, they retire in their career, that we get used to hearing them being paid a billion dollars in total contract. Just contract money. Don't be surprised. You saw the money that was that was just thrown at James Harden. That's the reason when I start hearing, um, and, and I know I, I went off on a, I went off on a tangent on the side a little bit. This is how I am for, am for basketball. We gonna get back to James Harden in a second, but this is also why when I hear that teams talk about certain players not not deserving certain kind, kinds of money anymore or paying them, uh, or, or when I'm listening to all the different podcasts and, and I'm and I'm listening and I'm listening everywhere. Cause I'm trying to get as much information for the draft, as much information on moves, as much information everywhere that I can possibly get. And what I keep hearing about is that like, you don't want to justify playing certain people at $19 million, $18 million. And I still think that they, they, that they assume that this is $19 million sometimes from even two years ago. Or $19 million from five years ago. This isn't the same kind of money. Or what $19 million meant when that person came into the league. Like, this isn't that same kind of money. Like, $19 million basically means that... Yeah, 
<laughs> compared to the 25. Did I take the trash out? I think I took the trash out. Compared to the 25, 30, 35, 40, you know what I mean? Like $45 million contracts, $48 million contracts that we're seeing out there. Like, um, I'm t we're talking about... We're, we're talking about what we're about to see Anthony Davis get get paid, what what um, LeBron James is getting paid, um, Kevin Durant, or we just saw what what what, what James Harden was was offered, Stephen Curry, um, John Wall, like these guys, like the ghost kind of contracts are gonna start going up once the salary cap recovers. It's probably gonna take. It may take two or three years for them to recover. The NBA is being really generous right now. The NBA is being really really generous right now. By put it by allowing the salary cap to basically stay the same, even though they can't quite guarantee that there's going to be uh, that there's going to be fans, or that the or even that the salary cap is going to remain the same. But they're keeping they're keeping it there. They're keeping the or revenue is going to be the same, you know. So they, but they're keeping it even at, at, um, from before how things were for COVID. So it's kind of so. I guess in a way, it, it's not really so much being common because it's not going up, but it is staying stagnant. And it should be going down. So I guess that's where you, I guess that's where you find the 50-50. Like, listen, guys, we can reduce this. Like, we're not, we can't raise it because obviously we didn't make, we didn't make enough money. And we should reduce this. How about we just keep, keep it the same from last year? And we plateau there until things catch up. And that may be the only way to truly, truly help them recover. And Because once it finally recovers, it's going to recover. But it may take three years. It may take three years. We, we may get there. But... Houston Rockets didn't even care. What's up, Paul? I see you now. I just popped in. I just popped into the room. I don't know how long you've been there. I appreciate you. <laughs> I love you too, Paul. Love you too. I appreciate you stopping by. Though. I appreciate you stopping by. Um. So, but James Harden and, and the Houston Rock or Houston Rockets didn't care about what's gonna happen in three years. They came at James Harden and said, "Listen, we understand that you want out. Here, how about another?" Hundred and three million dollars. No, no, no doubt, no doubt. We can do that. Just let me know. But, um, we're gonna give you one hundred and three million dollars over two years. Now, granted, they were gonna let him play out his current contract. This is gonna be an extension on what he had. But by the time the extension was done, which is basically that third year I was talking about, that third and fourth, which was gonna give him, make him, um, instead of a two-year contract, a four-year contract. But a hundred and three million dollars, and he said, "Nah, bruh, I'm I'm cool. <laughs> like, I don't want your your filthy money. Like, send me to Brooklyn." And I wonder, I wonder what made him suddenly so unhappy with Houston. Did they not get the coach that he wanted? Did they not um? Hey, because he has gotten some of the best years he can get in Houston, right? He likes under D'Antoni and the different various coaches, but now they hire this young coach. And see, this is these are the things that that, that raise an eyebrow. Like, like I get Steve Nash got a job in Brooklyn, but you're wondering, like, yo, how did Steve Nash get a job in Brooklyn? But it's because the players wanted those those players wanted him there. When you try get getting getting enough a young coach that nobody knows about that doesn't have any coaching experience that your young guy, that your star doesn't want, then guess what? Your star's like, I don't know what the fuck is going on suddenly, but I, I'm gonna bounce. And that's what and that's what he's saying, and. He is telling them that he wants to go to Brooklyn or nowhere else. And 
as much as I know where he wants to go, I don't know if that's where he'll end up. And we're going to talk about his best fit probably a little bit later in the podcast, right? We'll come back and we and we and and revisit this this James Harden topic. Because we keep hearing about where he wants to go, but I told you just a while ago, he has two more years left on his contract. This is not fully in his control. He can't really determine where he wants to go. He's not a free agent, right? So basically what's going on here is that he's full-heartedly trying to force a trade. And if you're the Houston Rockets, you got to start thinking about, okay, I'm part of, I'm trying to do a rebuilding process. Who's going to give me the best to rebuild? Or how can, or how can I best rebuild? Brooklyn has some pieces. I know Brooklyn has a few draft picks here and there. They have a bunch of young fellas that they've been developing over the years that obviously Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant may not want to play with because they continuously keep talking about, oh, we need more here. So it looks like they just wanted a team that they could go to where they feel they could take over. And it looks like that's, that's what's going on here. They got the head coach that they wanted. They got... The, they got a they they got a Dan Tony that the system that's that's player happy. They got a Mario Stoudemire to come in there and listen. Mario Stoudemire may just come in there to teach Kevin Durant um, a few more post moves or whatever. You know what I mean? All the work with all the, all the work with Allen or, or or whoever remains. But there are players on the table. There are tons of young players on the table. There's the dude that won a three point contest. I won a championship with the on the bench with the Cavs. That's worked his way basic, um, sometimes into like a six-man role or a starting role most of the time with Brooklyn. Um, his name is slipping my mind. His name is really, really slipping my mind. And I don't know why. He's one of those three-point snipers. You got Karis LeVert. You have Spencer Dinwiddie. You have um, you have the center, Allen. You have pieces there that are attractive. It's just if you're Houston, are they attractive enough for what you want to do with this rebuild? Because, I mean, the right coach had those group of guys playing really good and really well in the East, it had them at least make it to the playoffs. Can you start your rebuilding process with a guys, with a bunch of guys that are gonna look, feel, and gonna be offended and feel offended and gonna have this kind of chip on their shoulder that says, "Hey, that we can help you set a culture here because we've helped, we've helped set a culture before. Like we've been these guys before." But don't you guys forget? And you know what? I need to check on. I forgot to check the status of it. Before I came on the air so I can give you guys an update of where is it at But don't forget that I got a couple of polls running and one of the polls is what we're going to talk about with James Harden And that is like um, one of um, where do you think is probably going to be the best fit for him? Like I said, we have a couple of choices out on a poll go ahead and check those polls out They're going to be running for about the next one. I'm still for like a good portion of the next week So go ahead and take a look. Let me see what Huh? 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 Very surprising one of the, te the team that we're, that we're going to talk about as a possibility, because like I said, this isn't in James Harden's control. He's actually getting a majority of the votes. Basically, about 60% of the votes is for not Brooklyn. <laughs> like, so, so, so that is running out there. Man, oh man, some of these, some of these are really good. Some of these are really, really good. Okay, we get a lot of, we got a lot of people responding to the votes. You make sure that you get in there and you get your vote off. And yeah, we're gonna discuss some of these things. We're gonna, we're gonna move on for, for a little bit now because while James Harden declined the contract that was offered to him by the Houston Rockets, that didn't make him a free agent. 
right? They, they offered him an extension. He had two years left on his contract. They offered him another two years. In those two years, they said, hey, we're going to give you $100 million. James Harden said, nah, bro. I don't want no part of that. I don't want no part of what the fuck you guys got going on here in the next four years. Like, I'm like 30 now. You're talking about locking me up here for 35 while you guys try to rebuild again. Like, I'm not doing all this work again. Like, like I'm tired, B. I'm tired. Like, like look at that. Like, look at LeBron. These niggas got fat while we all starved to death. Like, I want in. This is my turn. But he didn't become a free agent by turning on his contract. But what there is, there are a ton of free agents that are out there. A ton of free agents and a lot of notable names on a lot of on a lot of notable teams, right? We'll start, um, I, we'll, we'll start with one of the ones that we discussed um, yesterday very briefly, um, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has opted out of his contract with the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, this is most likely just going to be a formality as he is probably just that he is opting out of his contract just to re-up his, his contract. Most likely with the Lakers. So now, so now let me explain how this goes to some of the people that may not understand how this goes. If you're a young enough and a good enough player, right? When you when you opt out of your contract, you know. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but but um, if you're if you're new to this, I'm I'm I'm, I'm seeing all the comments. My son was so talking to you as you were talking about basketball. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> we even got the young ones listening to the podcast. Yo, listen, I'm telling you, this, this show, I, listen, I, I could be a little perverse at times. But you guys have to understand, like, they're hitting jokes on, on the You get them or not. But listen, it's always a good time. The show's for everybody. But 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 it is definitely rated R. <laughs> <laughs> this show is definitely, definitely done. okay. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Listen, as long as the as long as the parents don't have any any uh, any any complaints about about the content, uh, hey, listen. But so for the people that not quite understand, right? If you're a young player and you're good enough, you're usually not going to opt in, and you and if you have the player option, that is. Because some contracts have a player option, some 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 contracts have a team option. Usually, after you've broken past your first contract, after your first four years, usually most players don't have a team option after that. The first four years, the, there's a there's a team option that's that's applied to your contract. But after that, like when usually you start resigning, that's all player options after that. Nobody in their right mind usually gives the usually gives the um a team option after their first contract. Nobody, no agent in their right mind. As even a grease anymore, they'll lose their goddamn job in this day and age. So if you're good and you're young enough, you're going to opt out of your player option because you know that whatever money that you that you were supposed to be getting paid, you can get more on the market once you opt out of your now guaranteed money that you can opt into. You know that you can opt into you you can get a brand new contract. So you opt out of your and for Anthony Davis purposes, you opt out of a $28.7 million contract, right? He only has one more year left on that, but he opts out of that and says, no, 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 we're not going to do that. What I want is for you guys to give me a brand new contract. So now what he does, instead of having one year of guaranteed $28 million, now what he can do, he can go sign a five-year or even, even this, even a four-year, right, contract where he gets 
forty million dollars um, guaranteed every single year. So that's hundred and sixty million dollars. So that's how he flips that. If, if you're young and you're good enough. If you don't believe that you're young and you're good enough, like DeMar DeRozan for the San Antonio Spurs, who was getting $27 million, right? That now, for DeMar DeRozan, there are championship teams that have an interest in him. But I guarantee you that he's at that point where nobody believes that he may be worth $27 million anymore. So for him, opting into this contract is great for him because it's probably the most money he is going to get right now if he were to if, if, if he were to go back onto the market. Now he's looking at how much money he's gonna get for this one year. And then taking the calculated risk that he'll still be a serviceable enough enough player that when he opts out next year, that even the lowest amount that he's gonna get now will still go up because the salary cap would just go up. So let's say the like the Lakers, they wanted to sign him. And the Lakers probably wanted to get him. Let's say they wanted to only give him $17 million. He's like, nah, bro, I'm not about to lose $10 million just to get a chip. Like, I'll stay here in, in San Antonio with Greg Popovich, and we'll see what this Spurs organization does because they've been real good at, at, at winning this thing too. But that chip added on to like, okay, after that, he gets another three years. See, he's feeling like, hey, I'll never be able to make up that $10 million that I lost. Well, if he keeps it this way, even when he re-signs his contract next year, somebody's going to give him another two- or three-year um, three contract. And it's definitely going to be more, in his eyes, worth more than $17 million just for one year or $17 million over two years. He's probably going to end up getting probably like $20, 21000000 million. So those are the philosophies of, of certain players based on where they're at in their career. If you're young and you're good enough, you're opting out because you're like, I'm going to get way more than this in guaranteed money. And if you're not good enough and you feel like, hey, this what I got now is the best that I'm gonna I'm gonna do moving forward, then you keep it. And you move forward and you continue moving forward. Now just because you decide to keep it doesn't mean that your team may not still come back and say, you know what? Ah, uh, we were really hoping you were gonna opt out. So we're about to trade you in this $27 million contract if we can. And and that's one of the things about about some of these contracts too. Some sometimes they can't be moved. Because their contracts look just look too shitty to move. DeMar DeRozan is going to be in one of those one of those situations where his contract is is a little too shitty to move. Now there's also guys like Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews is one of those guys. He's going to pay two point seven million dollars. He's he's opted out of his his contract because he knows one hundred percent for a fact that he is going to be commanding way more than two point seven million dollars on the open market. So Wesley Matthews has opted out. Um, we got Evan Fournier who's opted into his $17.7 million contract. We got Nicholas Batum who I didn't even remember or realize that he was still in the league. He is going to opt into his contract and steal, yes folks, I'm going to say this wholeheartedly, and steal $27.1 million from the association. I know somebody gave him that contract and they gave him that option, but I'm telling you right now that DeMar DeRozan is getting paid $27 million. Nicholas Batum is getting paid $27 million. Nicholas Batum isn't even worth the pot that, but that, 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 Dennis, that DeMar DeRozan pisses in. And I don't think that highly of DeMar DeRozan. DeMar. Fucking DeMar. You know, I smoke on my break. <laughs> oh, man. We got... 
we got Otto Porter. He's opted into his contract in Chicago to get um, for another $28 million. Once again, somebody else that I'm not quite sure that uh, if you had to give me the option of him or DeMar, or DeMar DeRozan, of who I'd take. But, eh, I guess he's there. Um, Cartavius Caldwell Pope for the Los Angeles Lakers. He's opting out of his contract. Now, this isn't the same. He isn't in the same boat as as Anthony Davis, where he's opting out to most likely opt right back in with the Los Angeles Lakers. No, he's opting out because he probably knows the writing on the wall that the Los Angeles Lakers probably isn't going to have the money to get to come back and pay him what he wants without him having to take a big hometown discount. Now, we're going to see if a chip, another chip to him means more than the money because that's what it is for some of these, for some of these teams, uh, some of these championship teams that... You know what I mean? Caldwell Pope looked like the third best player on that floor for them sometimes. You know, at sometimes maybe the fourth, but a, a lot of times the third best player on the floor for him. And he knows, like, listen, I can opt out. I can go somewhere else. And I may start commanding some good money. He may be able to steal $27 million um, a year from the association. He may be able to Nicholas Batum some money, right? Like, oh, my God, Nicholas Batum is such hot garbage. Like he's he's been stealing money, like 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 since 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 the Charlottes were still considered the Bobcats. Like like oh my God, <laughs> like I don't even, I didn't even realize he was still in the league stealing money. Like I'm surprised like his asset is still being moved around. Not his ass, his asset. Cause that's the only thing that 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 that's, that's moved around when he gets moved. Because nobody is moving around the player for what he does. It's just the asset of the contract. Like God, he. You just wait. After this year, we're going to see Nicholas Batum offer $2.7 million. But it's probably going to be like on a championship team. But he's going to be off a lot. He's going to go from $27 million down to two point. And listen, would I be happy being off for $2.7 million? Fucking right, I will. Got me sound like mystical in this bitch. Get right. Right? But I'm not in the association. Where if I go from making 27 down to two, that there'll be a slap in the face. Listen, if I went, if me in my personal life went from making 37,000 or 47,000 down to 27,000, I'd be like, God damn, y'all niggas doing me like that? What's going on? That that man, the chat room. Oh shit, I haven't seen that pop up in here in a minute. What's going on? What's, what's going on, Sensei? Bigger, bigger, bigger. And of, and of course, you would make it in here while Poe's in here, but Poe is kind of at work. So Poe is, Poe is kind of like half engaging, but she's still engaging. I said I was going to wait till my break. I did that instinctively. So, Cardell Pope, he's going to be leaving. <laughs> well, it feels like forever, okay? Forever. But also, you know what? Like, that wouldn't make sense because I feel like I've been completely like, 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 you know, like, I came out of I came out the funk yesterday sometime, so I, and I felt like I was in like this weird ass bubble because I have been. It feels like I was just trying to like focus doing some shit, but I feel like I've been in like this weird ass like bubble or funk for like two weeks and like it just came out like like yesterday. So that that could be it. That that could really be it. And funk where I mean like like I wasn't like in a funk funk, but shit shit just I don't know. Shit was just like like I had tunnel vision. Like I had like these fucking blinders on. <clears throat> It was weird, but I realized I came out of it yesterday, and I was like, "Oh shit, where the fuck was? I? Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, like I, like I, I just noticed this. I'm like, yo, how about how long have I been here? And I backtracked. Like, I think I've been here for like two weeks. I think I was <laughs> like, I fully, wholeheartedly realized it yesterday morning while I was stretching and doing shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> like I was just going through the motions, but I had like seriously blunders. So, like I didn't even like. Yeah, it was weird. It was weird. It it, it was weird. Like 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 the Chicago Bulls getting rid of Chris Dunn weird, right? Oh, it's all over, right? Oh, he was. It was. It was. It was. It was a good turning point. Um, but so Otto Porter opts into his contract. Chris Dunn gets opted out of his contract. But he doesn't opt out of his contract. The team had to, had to control an interest on his team. There was a team option on that on that team. And Chris Dunn was let go from the Chicago Bulls. I'm not going to lie to you. Chris Dunn is a young enough, explosive enough, good enough talent that's going to command just the right amount of money that if I were the Lakers, if I were Golden State, if I were San Antonio, if I were Milwaukee, if I was Miami, if I was any of these championship um, teams and I was looking for a, a nice little young piece to start molded into our system to help start bringing forward, it would be Chris Dunn. Like, you can do that with Chris Dunn. You can steal somebody's forgotten assets. Like, you know, it's that one man's trash is another man's treasure. Like, you can literally steal somebody's basuda, right? And go ahead and dig and rubbish through that motherfucker and go ahead and make you some paper airplanes that end up flying to the fucking moon. Like, that can happen. Jeremy Grant opts out of just working in the. Uh, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting focused by. I'm getting. I'm getting um, distracted by you guys down there. But I, but Jeremy Grant, he opts out of his contract. Tony Snell opts in. We heard that Robin Lopez, he's opting out of his contract. Robin Lopez is going gonna, is, is gonna, is gonna to end up probably trying to make another championship team. Like Robin Lopez is one of those glue guys that he's able to, he's able, because of the caliber player that he is and, and who he is, he's able to go ahead and jump between teams. Nobody bats an eye, and you can find him, fit him in any team that needs a big man or needs a bruiser or needs an extra body. Like, I, you can really utilize Robin Lopez in different pieces. And also, even better that when there are fans in the stands or when there's a mascot that's that's available, Robin Lopez can go ahead and beat up a mascot. I don't know I don't know how, how that's going to work when, with COVID protocols, if it's going to be against COVID protocols that he's going to be able to beat up mascots. But I really want to see Robin Lopez beat up a mascot again. And also another notable name for the Lakers to opt out, outside of Anthony Davis and Cartavius Caldwell-Pope, is also going to be Raja Rondo. Right, it's going to be Roger Rondo is also opting out of his contract as the LA Lakers have started um has started making their interest. Obviously, they're going to go back to try to re-sign Anthony Davis, but they're also, but they're also um trying to make additional moves to bring additional stars and additional ball handlers um to the LA Lakers and additional pieces that can help them win a championship. Um, one of the one of the players that um that they want to bring in, we've already mentioned. We'll get back into the rest of them after this quick commercial break. They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They joined because there is important work to be done and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists and combat troops, all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. 
and we are back to the My Sports Podcast. I am still your host, the one and only Donald Omar Taylor. If you are still listening, I want to thank you regardless of how you may be listening to the podcast. Whether you're listening live on the gram, on my website, mytsports.net, that's M as in Mike, Y as in Yankee, T as in Tango, sports.net, or you're catching me live on Podbean, which is the way that you can also interact and call into the podcast. It's as simple as talking on your phone, people. It's really as simple as making a phone call and talking on the phone. That simple, that simple, that simple. Regardless of how you listen, I do appreciate it. If you're not catching us live and you're one of the many, many, many of thousands of thousands of millions and millions of listeners that like to listen, on, that like to catch the re ear, whether that's on Podbean, TuneIn, iTunes, iHeart, Listen, No, Castbox, Google Play, or, or Google Podcast, whatever Google got right now, right? Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora. Facebook, Tumblr, LinkedIn, Twitter, or YouTube. I appreciate the many ways that you have chosen to listen to the podcast. All right now, let's get right back into it because, like you said, the LA Lakers have the LA Lakers have shown interest in a couple of individuals, right? And that's part of the reason why Raja Rondo had decided that he was going to need to opt out. But also, Raja Rondo opts out because he feels that he can also get a little bit more money and probably get more interest from how he just played. Like, basically, he played well enough, again, in the playoffs to go out and get another two, three-year contract from another team. And while winning a championship here with the Lakers may be high, the Lakers may not, are not showing that hundred percent interest in wanting to and not want and wanting to keep Rajah Rondo for the mark for the money that he can get on the market. They still want to keep Rondo for that discount rate. Why as they while they just help Rajah Rondo kind of get play back play himself right back into the league or into the league's favor. The LA Lakers, as I said earlier, they were looking at the guys like DeMar DeRozan, guys like Victor Oladipo, and also guys like Dennis Schroeder. And you can see the kind of guys that they're looking for. Guys that definitely can score on their own. DeMar DeRozan, for his for his for, for what he lacks in a on a, in a three point shot, he definitely he definitely makes up for him just being a bona fide bucket getter at times of being able just to just to pull up and, 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 and get a two point shot. Come off the dribble and come off of, come off of screens basically like a Rip Hamilton or or, or a Ray Allen and be able to get a sh- and be able to get his own shot. Or when or when or when he's just not doing anything. Like we've seen him We've seen him in the role where he had to play commander, but oh, but imagine what he would do in a role where he doesn't have to take on that role, where he does, where all of that pressure is taken off of him, because he's a guy. He's he's one of those guys like his buddy, um, like like his buddy up in Toronto. I don't feel like the pressure really works with him well, but how much pressure is gonna be there on you when you're playing third, you know, third or fourth fiddle? To what the LA Lakers have in LeBron James, Camilla, I mean Anthony Davis, and whoever else that they decide to bring in there, you understand? Like at, at best, he's going to be their third option. At best, I thought I thought it would have been interesting to see if he would have opted out of his contract. Another individual um, that they were they. They, they were looking at was Victor Oladipo. And when I heard Victor Oladipo, that's what really pulled the nail into the coffin of the individual they were looking for. Victor Oladipo, another guy that, that also can play offense and defense at that, right? Can get his own shot. Victor Oladipo a little bit more creative with, created, with getting his own shot than um, um than DeMar DeRozan. Victor Oladipo got a little bit more dog in him than Vic, um, than DeMar DeRozan, <laughs> right? So I... I I don't know why, like when I when I think of Victor Oladipo, it's kind of like I, th- I I think of him as the basketball version of Teddy Bridgewater in a way. But Victor Oladipo is definitely I I can definitely see how 
he would have fit into the Lakers scheme of, of making up. Listen, they get any of these guys, and I'm automatically looking at them like, oh, holy shit. Like, you just made the move to help solidify yourself for another year. But unfortunately, the Lakers didn't get any of those guys. The Lakers got Dennis Schroeder. And <laughs> that happens every single time, don't I? Like, I, I, say, I say holy shit. Like at, at least once, once, once a podcast. I, I must, I must, because, because you, because you, every single time you listen to the podcast, you end up sharing it because of what I say, and I don't do that intentionally because you listen to the podcast. So I must say, holy shit, like literally every single podcast. <laughs> it must, it must just happen. <laughs> but they got Dennis Schroeder back to the Lakers. They end up getting Dennis Schroeder. And I don't quite see Dennis Schroeder being the same piece as if they got DeMar DeRozan or if they got Victor Oladipo. This is almost like, yo, we had to settle. And if you had to settle, you couldn't talk you can't talk to Houston and see what they want for Russell Westbrook? Well, maybe Russell Westbrook may just also one of them dudes that he was like, you know what now, nah, fuck you, LeBron, I wanna beat you. Don't even call about me. Fuck you. <laughs> but they got Dennis Schroeder. And while Dennis Schroeder does good work on the teams that he's on, and when he does it, it's almost looked as an admiration. I don't know if what Dennis Schroeder brings to this game is equivalent to yeah. This is gonna keep us at the top of the mountain. I don't know if keeping if bringing in Dennis Schroeder makes you a better team than keeping Raja Rondo. Now I know he can score more points than Raja Rondo, but can he command an offense as immaculately as Raja Rondo? Now there's other factors into getting Dennis Schroeder as well too versus Raja Rondo. Obviously, with Raja Rondo. This is somebody that you're going to be managing his minutes for the majority of the season, and then you utilize him when he gets into the playoffs, and that's when he'll get uh, that's when he'll get his heavy roles. For Dennis Schroeder, um, you bring him in, and you can give him a good portion of minutes in the regular season to help take pressure or, 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 to, or, or, to, help, or to help give Anthony Davis and LeBron James a little bit more rest during the um, during the regular season, and also you get a guy that could also play bona fide, the bona fide point guard position. He can play both offense and defense. I can't say that he's going to guarantee to get you 17 points a game, but if he gets, but if he gets you 14 and nine, you're not complaining because his assist numbers. Um, if he pushes the ball and pushes the pace and runs the floor, his assist numbers should go up. Having LeBron James and Anthony Davis to 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 just lob the ball up to. Look what. Look what having Anthony Davis did for LeBron James' assist numbers this last year. It damn near made him the assist leader in the league. It damn near gave him a fucking double-double and assist for for the season. Like that's what having Anthony Davis did for you. Look what it look what it did for for look what it did for Rajah Rondo when he had him in New Orleans, right? Having Anthony Davis there to basically anytime you get close to the rim, just toss that motherfucker up like 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 you just got fed up with your desk work and and he'll just go there and catch that motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like yo, there's a benefit to that. So so we should see even if his points numbers go down, we should see his assist numbers go up by at least three assists per game. Now, this is probably going to be a theme that I'm going to keep mentioning for almost every single team except for one. 
but with the addition of the LA, with the addition of Dennis Schroeder for the LA Lakers, that they can't be done. Like for me, this isn't enough. They must be doing something more, because this isn't enough for me for, to say that hey, they are gonna be at the top of the mountain. And we know how much LeBron James loves his stacked decks. Like, listen, if LeBron James doesn't have a that hasn't hidden a um a card up his sleeve just so he can get an advantage later on in, in the game, like like he ain't trying to even play. So if this is your best shot at re at repeating, you're gonna have to do some more, son, because there are some people coming after you. Now this may be good enough to get um to get you out of the West, but if things are going how we hear is going, that won't be good enough to get you a championship, because there's an old rivalry happening between two sides of the world. And we're going to talk about them a little bit later. Because right now, just like how they haven't, how, how the Lakers have added pieces, so have the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks have gone out and said, you know what? We get that who we have right now isn't, isn't necessarily cutting it. Let's us also go ahead and make an upgrade at the point guard position. And then they went out and got Drew Holiday. And like I said... I'm going to have a reoccurring theme here. And the reoccurring theme is I don't believe that this is enough. So the Milwaukee Bucks gave up, um, um, received Drew Holiday, and they gave up Eric Bledsoe and George Hill, bum-ass Eric Bledsoe at that, and fucking, um, and fucking George Hill that he, he dresses like the village people. <laughs> right, <laughs> like he, like he likes to wear like cut off jean jean jacket vest, like, <laughs> right. So, but they also gave up um the thirty first pick, and there's also talks in them swapping picks as well, right? Oh, I'm sorry, not the thirty first pick. They gave up three first round picks. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I read my own handwriting wrong, right? Um, they gave up three first-round picks. That's a lot for Drew Holiday. That's a lot. So they gave up Eric Bloodsoe and, and George Hill, which initially I would have thought would have been enough to get Drew Holiday. But then they, also the three first-round picks, which will probably end up being, from what I'm hearing, going to end up being more of swapping picks in the first round. But still... Three first-round picks and two players for Drew Holiday? Like, maybe two and one? Maybe? Maybe that's to throw that little icing on the cake? But still, that's a lot for a player at the end of the day when you team him up with 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 with, with Giannis Antetokounmpo and um, put him on this Bucks team. I'm looking at this right now, and I'm asking you, is that enough to win a championship? I don't know if that's enough to get out the East still. Remember, you still have Miami there. You still have Brooklyn there. You still got Boston there. You still got Toronto there. I don't know if that's enough for you, Milwaukee. I mean, that may be good enough because you have Giannis Antetokounmpo. You got the Greek freak. It may be good enough um, to get you out of the East again. Or, I mean, I'm sorry, to uh, get you the best record in the East again. Right? It may be good enough to do that for you. 
Get your fan base excited for a whole entire year. Get them behind you, rooting and roaring, cheering all over the place, buying up merchandise. But it ain't getting your star what he wants. It ain't getting your star what's gonna what's gonna take for him to stay. And that's that chip. Cause right now, this like I'm telling you right now, from from what the, from the moves that is happening. Right, more than ever, you can say, listen, it don't mean a thing if you ain't got that bling. Because you know how before, right, that how we kind of made it seem like, listen, there were some players before that you can get a pass by not having a chip. Like, like you could be a good enough player by not having a chip. But we're getting to that day and age and era that if you're if, if you're a bona fide star good player, you, there's no excuse for you anymore. Because from the way, from the way that you can maneuver and, and and get all over the place, like you have to get a chip. And when you make those moves, it makes it even worse. You have to get a chip. Giannis Antetokounmpo wants a chip because it don't mean a thing if you ain't got that bling. And if you guys can't get it for him in Milwaukee, then guess what? You can kiss his tail goodbye, and he will go get his freak down in South Beach with the Laplias and Putas. Keep playing around with that boy. Drew Holiday is not enough. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm telling you right now. And when he comes down here, he, um, I, I hate this. I hate to break up people's relationship, but he's like, he gonna get a new baby mama. <laughs> he gonna have another one. <laughs> but he gonna get two rings out of it. He definitely gonna get two rings out of it. So that's two rings and two baby mamas. He could give you one to each one. Sorry, I had to take a quick drink. So, I mean, alright, they also got Bogdan... Bog doesn't matter, or Bogdanovich as his as his name, right? <laughs> right. But it's not enough for Milwaukee. So, just like the Lakers, I'm gonna be keeping my eye on the Milwaukee Bucks to see what who else they add because we know LeBron James loves to have his deck stacked. We know that Giannis Antetokounmpo is saying, yo, I need to win a chip for you to keep me here. I'm in fucking Milwaukee, and Miami is banging on my front door by weather purposes and just for taxes and my pockets. This is the better move. They just made it to a championship with Jimmy fucking Butler. Imagine what I can do for you. He is looking at Miami like, yo, I got this chick over here, and she, like, I'm telling you, like, like, yo, the, the flirt is real. She is coming after me hard body, like, and she knows don't look good. Like, like, she got a good head on her shoulder, and she is offering to be my sugar mama. Like, like, I'm sorry. And it's an open relationship. Like, I'm sorry. There's too much good shit Miami is offering him. Milwaukee, you need to step your game up. You need to you need to get your weight up, or either your gate is gonna be left fucking open. And now we got CP3 going over to the Phoenix, and again, again, again. I'm gonna keep saying this again because you know what? It's not enough. It's not enough to win a championship for Phoenix in the West. But I understand why CP3 goes to Phoenix. I don't know if this keeps Devin Booker in Phoenix, which 
if you're a Knicks fan, this is actually a good thing to hear. That this still may not be enough. But what this does, it puts that it puts that alert on Mo, on Phoenix. That yo, if somebody if somebody else can come here, you got CP3. You got Devin Booker who just put up 71 points. You got um um you got you got you got Aiden the center that oh my god if cuz you know he's going to use the that um he's going to use Aiden how he used to use um Tyson Chandler in the past or to bring it a little bit more forward how he used to use DeAndre Jordan in the past or to bring it to a more relevant name how he used to use damn I forgot his name the most relevant name Blake Griffin in the past like you're going to see that Basically, how Rajah Rondo has been using Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee in the playoffs, that's basically what you're going to see with CP3 with Aiden. But also, you're going to see somebody that's able to get these guys focused. You're going to see him help that, a culture that has been on the, uh, has been on the, on, on the upswing, right? They've been sitting that culture and sitting and going into all the right places. Now, you bring in a guy that is a culture setter on his own, on all the right ways, makes guys work harder, hold guys accountable, teach them how to be professional. He's the president of the Players Association. So he doesn't just teach them how to be professionals on the court, he teaches them how to be professionals off the court. He's basically gonna help turn these boys to men. While the NBA still do, um, does what they do with social justice and remain on bended knees. So I can understand why CP3 goes to Phoenix. He has a couple years left on there. You get somebody else on that team. You tell me with another star added to CP3, added to Devin Booker, added to Aiden, and whatever other other young pieces that they have, that they can't be just as deadly enough. Now, are they good enough to beat the Lakers and the Clippers? We don't know. But we did just see the Clippers get snuck by Denver. So just like Kevin Garnett said, after that chip, my brethren, anything's possible! And if you're CP3, you know he's doing everything he has, given everything he has, so that he can get a chip. He's coming to the end of his rope. And the only reason why he why he went to Phoenix and not like a team like the Clippers or or, or like or like New York or or Brooklyn or Miami or any of those other teams because he wanted to stay close to his family in L.A. So something must have went down with the Lakers or the Clippers that that didn't make that that deal get pushed. Maybe they just offered him offered Phoenix, uh, maybe they just offered Oklahoma City, um, the right amount of pieces to be able to get him away, but it's still not enough. So. Just like LeBron James in LA. Just like Giannis in Milwaukee. We're gonna keep an eye on these teams. Because while they've added some pieces, this is cute. These are nice. Is this truly enough for you to get over that hump? Because there is a team out there that is still putting pieces together. There is a team out there that can still acquire a star even though they're already a mega star team. And this is where James Harden comes back into the picture. I have the poll up there, out there on Twitter. You guys, and I'll make sure that I reshare it again, right? I'll bring it up to the top of the page, top, top, top of the page. 
right? You guys continue to chime in. But I have a question out there that if you're James Harden, who would you rather play for? Who would be a better fit? The Miami Heat or the Brooklyn Nets? And I know you're wondering, whoa, what a, why the Miami Heat? Well, the Miami Heat still have space to bring in another guy. The Miami Heat still want to bring in another guy. And they're clearing the space to do it. Like, remember this. Real G's moving signers like lasagna. Don't forget that shit. And Miami and that organization are G's in this game. You're not going to... Yeah, you're hearing about all of these teams that want to go here and want to go there. And these players that want to go here and these players that are in the mix for this. And, and you hear the Knicks name come up for this. And all and everything that keeps happening. You don't hear Miami's name pop up in shit. But yet, they need one more player too. Just because you don't hear about them don't mean they're not doing anything. Remember, you, you never used to hear Greg Popovich making moves. And then all of a sudden, you just used to see shit happen. I'm sorry, Pat Riley's a Don in this motherfucking game. Like, like you understand, that's Don Raleon over there. Down there in South Beach. Like, he make moves, nobody finds out about it. And if you find out about his moves, then guess what? Heads will roll. People are fired. Don't ask me how I know about this shit. I just know. <laughs> but I got, my, I, I got my own sources, right? I follow my own patterns. I follow my own tea leaves. So, if you're James Harden and... This, this, it's a stunning, it's a stunning surprise that, like I said, sixty percent of the people are saying that he'd be a better fit in Miami. And if I'm James Harden, I think so too. Because remember, we mentioned this. It's not in James Harden's control where he goes to. He wants out. So basically, if you're one of these good teams, all you heard, star, for Houston, unhappy, wants out. Yeah, he wants to go to Brooklyn, but he wants out. And we are a championship contending team. We can offer him a better culture. We can we could give him the stars. We literally just made it there with Jimmy fucking Butler. And the only reason why we didn't go further is because we didn't have one more guy that can help us score some buckets. And we would have had you, James Harden. That could have been it. I I'm telling you, don't let James Harden sit down with Pat Riley. They, cause remember, they already were making room for for try to to try to absorb Giannis's contract. Which means that when Pat, when James Harden comes available, they're ready. They already got the dough set aside. They're ready to invest. They don't gotta go scrounging up money all over. They don't gotta scrounge up bail money. They've been ready for this. They've been hustling their whole life. They ain't new to the corner. They made the block. So, if you're James Harden, is it really BK or nobody else? Or is it BK and... Oh, shit. I didn't know you guys were an option. I, I, I normally don't do this, but you guys make me feel so comfortable. And you haul yourself out to the best championship team with the best culture. Because... Now it's gonna cause if it is because if it's BK or Bus, it still leaves the Houston Rock I mean the Houston Rockets. It still leaves the well Houston Rockets with, with options to still or or with the responsibility, that burden of hey, what do we do with Russell Westbrook? So if it's Brooklyn or Bust for James Harden, for what we just said also 
for Russ for James Harden to go to Miami. Hey, hey, what about Russell Westbrook? What about Russell Westbrook down in Miami? We know he could be a little erratic, but we know also what, um, um, how much of a culture guy he is and how much of a locker room guy he is and how much of a workhorse he is. You guys know my saying. I've been saying, I said this for years. When Jimmy Butler left to go to the Milwaukee Bucks, not Milwaukee Bucks, when he left to go to the um, Minnesota Timberwolves, if he would have went to the Oklahoma City Thunder and joined Paul George and Russell Westbrook, that would have been a difference maker. I've been trying to team up Russell Westbrook and Jimmy Butler for some time now. Now, I know what James, I know what, I already know what Russell Westbrook can't do. But I don't care about what he can't do. I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the elite level stuff that he can do. And when you're a team like Miami, you can get him to do a whole lot. So if you're the Miami Heat... There's a possible option there for you for either Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Because you understand, you've heard where these players want to go to, but all you've really heard is that they want out. And you can give them what most other teams can't. Outside of L.A., who can basically oh, say that, hey, we can guarantee you to get to that chip? Who can say... Well, yeah, we know what it takes to get you that to get you to that promised land. With somebody like you, hey, we can move on. So for the next couple, so for these next for this next week, uh, I le don't be surprised if Miami Heat swoops in here and, and gets one of these guys because, again, I'm 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 curious. Unless you just unless Russell Westbrook just really just wanted to be the man somewhere or just didn't want to take a pay cut, why not Milwaukee? Russell Westbrook. Can you imagine having to worry about him and Giannis coming down the court every single play? Like, holy shit. Talking about fucking bulldozers. Like, like you're talking about flash and reverse flash. Like, 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 like you're, to you're, you're talking about, you're talking about like flash and Dr. Zoom. Like, 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 it is going to get ridiculous. You are not going to stop them. They're going to, they're going to draw 25,000 games. I wouldn't be surprised if every team that they play, or I'm gonna say every team they play, but 60%, eh, a little bit more than 60%. Let's go, let's go, let's go with 72% of the team. Maybe like 71.8% of the teams that they play are gonna be in foul trouble when they play them. If you add Russell Westbrook to that team, yeah, yes, I have that random number and just pull it out. It's 71.8%. You so I, when I see when I see um, teams like Milwaukee getting um, doing moves and adding Drew Holiday and Bragdon and and, and Bragdon Brock doesn't matter, right? And I see and I see the Lakers adding um, Dennis Schroeder when there's Russell Westbrook out there. Right? It makes me wonder: Does Russ not not just want to go to one of these teams, or maybe he wants to beat these guys, or did they or was was the money not right? Like, why isn't he more of an option? But he's out there. And if he wants to have the ball in his hand, he can have the ball in his hand in Miami. They, Miami Heat need a primary ball handler. If they don't if they're not ready to give if they're not ready to give the reins over to none, and if they don't know what they want to do with um if well, what they want to do with the dragon, who's injured again. And then there were the Knicks.
Because we just told you where James Harden wants to go to. He wants to go to Brooklyn. And if he goes to Brooklyn, I'm telling you right now, let me also put this out there. Because I already said this. I already said this about the Brooklyn Nets right now. As the Brooklyn Nets are currently constructed, my sentiments about them is that it is... That's why I'm wearing all this Brooklyn gear right now. Listen, you guys understand me because I'm going to go crazy if they get James, if they get James Harden. I'm going to go crazy if they get James Harden. Like, they have a lot of players that I don't like, but they have enough players and enough talent. I'm like, you have to win. And that is my current sentiments about the Brooklyn Nets right now, how they're currently constructed. It is championship or bust. I'm sorry. Jimmy Butler ruined the game for you for gazy-ass niggas out there. You understand? Like, he fucked it all up for you guys. Like, Jimmy Butler went to a championship with the Miami Heat. You tell me. Who's there on the Heat team that you guys can say that, hey, if we went to the Heat, we could have done the same. You understand? He fucked it up for all of you guys. So when when Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving teams up, sorry, game fucked up. You should be able to win a championship. Or make it to a champion. Make it to the championship round. Like, while I know it's not enough to win, but I'm sorry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, you just got Drew Holiday. Game fucked up. Jimmy Butler just fucked it all up for you guys. Yeah, go ahead and thank Jimmy. If you ain't thank your Jimmy today, go ahead and thank your Jimmy. Yeah, the J, the I, the M, the M, the Y, the J, the I, the M, that Jimmy. Because for all you NBA stars, the Jimmy in your life just fucked it up for all of you guys. Pause. But he did. Because what he just did in Miami, there's no excuse for you guys anymore. If you're Phoenix, like, I know you got a rough time in the, in the West and all this other shit. Like, okay, you get a pass. You're in the West. Enough said. But, 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 but. Oh, somebody just hit me up on somewhere. Listen, if you guys are on the gram, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I can't see on the gram. If you guys want to come join the podcast and join the conversation, come join me on the Podbean app. This is where I'm, I'm, I'm Podbean Live. Not only can you text in anything that you would like to say, but you can also call up and join the conversation. It is literally as easy as making a phone call. Just make sure that you have some headphones. We don't want no reverb. We don't want no feedbacks or nothing like that. But come and join the conversation. If you, if you think I'm, I'm off my fucking rocker, you're right. But at least you can call in and tell me that shit to my face. I can't see that shit on Instagram. You guys are too far for me to pay attention to. But I hear your beeps. I hear your buzzes. I, see, I, I hear your sounds. I hear your dings. I hear your rings. I'm here. But if you but if you want to talk about that bling, you're going to have to come catch me on the, on that Podbean live thing. I don't know, Brooklyn Zoo. That's how we do here in the Mighty Sports Podcast. Right? As the Brooklyn Nets are currently constructed, I, have, I already have them in championship or bus mode. As they're currently constructed. Like, I don't care. You, The culture that you said you wanted to be a part of, no, nope, you, didn't, you didn't want to be a part of. You just wanted to over, you just you just wanted to literally have a coup d'etat on a franchise. So you have your coup d'etat. You have the coach that you want. You have the assistant coach that you want. You have the, another assistant coach that you want. You have all, you have the players that you that you have in there. There's no reason why why Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can't win a championship by a guy um, um, with whatever team you have put together in Brooklyn. And that's still a team that has Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Josh Allen, and also the bum that they got from the L.A. Lakers. LA Clippers. So they're, they're all out there, right? I'm sorry. Championship or bust. But if they get James Harden, ooh, 
my god! Like, oh my god! That, yo! I'm gonna tell you this, like, 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 this is, this is, this is real talk, like, 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 for reals, for reals, for reals, for reals, for reals, for reals. If they get James Harden, like, like, put aside that it has to be championship or bust. I'm gonna be more mad of anything, I'm gonna be more mad of one thing and one thing only. For the whole entire season. And that is for the fact that they don't have fans in there so that I can see them to react to the show that is gonna be on, that's gonna be taken on in Brooklyn. Can you imagine how many, how many pairs of skates they are going to have to have prepared before every game for the players that the that the Brooklyn Nets are going to play? Holy shit! It is going to be crazy. It's going to be ankles on ankles on ankles. Like, you understand? Like, normally you don't have this in, in, in basketball so much, but they're going to have to have an ambulance reserved in the locker room for as many broken ankles as going to be going on in Brooklyn. Brooklyn is going to go crazy, and I would love to see that happen. Like, you understand that if Bro that if they get... If they get Kyrie, if they, if they get, if they, if, if, I'm glitching over here. I told them niggas I was going to glitch. I, I told them niggas it was going to happen. But I'm telling you, if they get James Harden, Mr. I failed this city, but I put on a good goddamn show. If they get James Harden. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Listen, no, seriously. If they get James Harden, they need to hire the dude that did the and one. If he's still alive, that is. I don't know if he's still alive. But they need to hire his ass to be their commentator. Because literally, like, I, I need to, I need, oh, and Kyrie has the ball. Wait, no, no, I, I, actually, the whole entire time, he needs to go by his nickname at that point in time. Like, I don't even want to hear their real names. I don't ever want to hear their real names. Like, I, I, I want to hear, I want to hear, Uncle Drew has the ball, and he has his, oh, baby, oh, baby, look at him, look at him handles. Oh, James Harden with the double, double step, double, double step back. Oh, baby, oh, like, you understand, that's all, oh, oh, baby, oh. that dude because that's all i want to hear like seriously like seriously ser like we saw what Kyrie Irving did by himself right first day on first day on the job he put up 50 points in a loss right completely fudged up the team's chemistry and there was no team chemistry after that so that's the reason why they had to replace all the parts of the team because Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving by himself in, in in one year made made the Brooklyn Nets a goddamn train wreck but sometimes you like I understand how train wrecks work, but talent is talent is talent is talent, and the amount of ankles that are going to require surgical repair. If you have Kyrie Irving and James Harden on the same team, is absolutely unfair. It it really would be like I'm talking about like. Kevin Durant is used to team ball. Kevin Durant could literally just sit back into a corner while they do all their work and just and, and, and just shoot spot up threes while these guys sit back and dance all they want. 
And he can literally be the dude with his foot um with his foot on the wall. You know what I mean? Just waiting for his boys to bring him um to bring him a drink after they finish um doing whatever dance move, like like choreographed dance move that they just put him on the floor. It's like, yo, my nigga, did you see what I just did? Like, yo, where's my drink at though? Like, it's it's like it's gonna be crazy. But then there are the Knicks. And you're hearing the Knicks name pop up as we're doing an extended version of this podcast. I told you guys, like, I had to talk basketball today. I had to get this basketball out of off of my chest. I had to regurg- I you know, like, I, I've, I've, been, I've been coming to a boiling point with basketball. I, and I'm going to have three, I'm going to have two of individuals with me tomorrow night while the NBA draft is going on. And we're going to basketball all over. Like, like listen, we're going to dribble all over you guys tomorrow. I hope you're ready for this. It's going to be a it's going to be a basketball fest for you. I hope you guys enjoy. Just like like it's going to be it's going to be way more better than today. So if you like today, just imagine what tomorrow is going to be. Just oh my god, imagine what tomorrow is going to be. And tomorrow like like you whatever you guys are normally used to, tomorrow like tomorrow's night is going to be nowhere close to that. Tomorrow's not even going to feel like a, like the same podcast that, I, that I've had in the past. Like, like, like that's how much that's how much new dribbling I'm gonna do all over. You can be like, oh my god, thank you, thank you. I didn't know I could get dribbled on like this and and enjoy it so much. <laughs> and then there were the Knicks. Now. The Knicks are sitting there, and for all of these deals that keep taking place, you keep hearing the Knicks name pop up, the Knicks name pop up randomly, especially for some of these big stars. And I'm going to tell you, there's something that I've learned over the years, that for, for you Knicks fans, I don't care if you're young or old, right? If you're, if, if, if you're, if, if you're new or, or if you've been here for a while, if you're, if, you're, if you're passive or aggressive, right? The New York Knicks name gets thrown into a lot of these trades as, as bait. One... Is to try to get interest because most teams know that the Knicks are are, 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 are bona fide fuck ups, right? So they would do dumb shit all the time. So they throw the Knicks name into almost any trade to help to help numbers go up. Oh, one of the teams interested on the New York Knicks. New York Knicks are interested in this team for about twenty two million dollars, while that person may only be worth seventeen million. One, so the the Knicks get get used a lot as as bait. For to, to help other teams do negotiations or agents do negotiations. But also, that same thing is also done for you Knicks fans that listen to New York sports radio, podcast or whatever. Because they throw that out there to you guys because they want you to react. And they know you're going to reel it in. And then you're going to call. You call it a lot more than you call it to this podcast. Right? But that's because you guys don't realize that, that, that we all doing the same shit. But you guys are going to realize that shit soon. Blow my shit up. Right? So they reeling that. They, they, they put that shit out there. And they reel you guys the fucking. And they reel it in and reel it in. And they throw all that garbage out there. Because they know that you're going to react to it. But they also know. They have an owner sometimes that might react to it. And. While some of these Knicks fans that have sports radio shows or sports shows, they're not the logical Knicks fan. But I get it. I just came back and I told you how 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 some things are laid out. 
But so let me tell you this: if the Brooklyn Nets get the beard, do not be surprised if the Knicks knack, because the Knicks will knack eventually. And they go out and they get Russell Westbrook. Don't be surprised. Especially if the if, if the Nets get James Harden. It's it's just it's just too tempting. It's too enticing. It's low-hanging fruit. Like James Dolan can't control himself. Like 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 James Holden, James Dolan is the guy that basically like he gets no play if it's not for his money. So anytime a pretty girl talks to him, he's like, "Yo, I don't care if everybody just told me that you got syphilis. Let let's go ahead back to my room." That's what James Dolan is. Like James Dolan will smash anything because he's just not used to having pretty things. He's not used to having nice things. But in this case, I kind of get it. I kind of can agree with it. A lot more than Melo in the past. A lot more than other players in the past. Now, let me let me also say that this isn't this isn't. Why am I seeing Andre Iguodala's name pop um, all over the um, over the place? He may be out of there. They need to get rid of him. Andre Iguodala was a bust. He's been a bust for a couple of years. He stole money this year as well. Now, he's not a bust as a player. He's just been a bust for the last couple of years. He stole money the last couple of years. Oh, thank you, Nat. But thank you for listening. Thank you. I do appreciate it. Don't worry. Um, don't worry. We'll, be out. we'll be out of here very shortly as well. I think we only got like about 15 more minutes possibly on the podcast. At tops, we only got 15 more minutes left. So here goes the Knicks and J- and Russell Westbrook. And I want to first say that this isn't quite the same admiration that I had for CP3 last year. But I'm but I can see the good in getting Russell Westbrook. And the good that is in getting Russell Westbrook is a lot, actually, it's going to sound a lot like the good that I saw in CP3. And I told you, there was a, and a lot of the good that I saw in CP3, I told you, I just told you, and I expressed it in how I felt was uh, what he was going to do for the Phoenix Suns. Teach them how to be professionals, right? Um, improve them on and off the court, right? Um, he's the he's the player's associate, he's the... He's the president of the Players Association, so so he's gonna help. Re- he's gonna really help mold these young guys and really help teach them the style of basketball, teach them what it means to be a professional. Russell Westbrook, while he doesn't quite do all of those things, he does a lot of similar things for his teams, because for years I'm not gonna sit here and act like for years I haven't sat back and complimented the team guy that Russell Westbrook is, believe it or not, right? And I noticed this once I saw different individuals leave Russell Westbrook and saw the mentality that they took on when it came to their approach to the game, right, or how hard they worked, or how they regarded their teammates once they got to new teams. Jimmy Grant... Victor Oladipo, 
and even the kid in, in Detroit, um, Jackson, Reggie Jackson. Victor Oladipo, for the most part, is when I've truly noticed the, the, the change in his snarl, his snare, his nastiness, his aggressiveness, how he, uh, how he talked about how how he talked about the guys in his locker room. It sounded very much Russell Westbrookish. So there are some good things to get in Russell Westbrook. And now I've gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what, Knicks? The only thing that I can't say, the only thing I haven't come to terms with, right, when it comes to Russell Westbrook versus CP3. When I was talking about getting CP3 last year, this is why I said this isn't, this isn't quite the same. When I was talking about getting CP3 before the beginning of last year, before he went to Oklahoma City's Thunder, we saw what he did there. I wanted him in the Knicks, on the Knicks uniform. And people gave me slack for that, right? Like, the, like the people came back and they taught, and, and they gave me a lot of slack for it because they said what was going to happen in that third year of that contract. And for CP3, I said, well, that's a thank you year. Like we, We've seen this throughout sports everywhere. That's a thank you year. You give him, you get you. That that third year is a thank you year. Like you don't, you're not expecting him to possibly be doing more that year. But what you do is that you help him for setting your, you you thank him for setting your franchise on the right track. You thank him for for helping these young guys become professionals. You help him. You thank him for helping you guys set that culture for being an extension. And this is where CP3, you know. Gets a little bit more over than Russell Westbrook, but being an extension of the coach on the court, where you can also coach your players on the court, you know what I mean? And, and they don't always have to constantly have to take commands from the coach, but they know that the guy that with his ball in his man in his hand is just as comparable as the coach, and he really is his right hand or his second voice. You're thinking him in that last year, and also based off what's how how the salary cap generally goes. That last year is wouldn't be so bad compared to what the salary cap would have been at for somebody at CP3 status um stature. So you think so that's a thank you year. If you want to thank him even more, then you then you resign him for three more years and you extend that out till twenty million dollars every single year and you reduce the number if you want. <clears throat> and you could have done that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Depending if you feel like you want to give him more years now. This is where I haven't come quite come to grips yet when it comes to Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook is going to check off a lot of those early boxes I talked about. Russell Westbrook is going to galvanize this team and you're talking about a team that's being coached by Tom Thibodeau. So which means that for Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau wants a dog. He wants somebody that's got that wants the ball in his hand. He wants somebody that's going to be playing that wants to play. That's gonna play both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Now, you know, the thing about Russell Westbrook, what I used to remember is that when, 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 when um Derrick Rose was blowing up, right? I was looking at Russell Westbrook like, well, you guys realize there's a guy that's kind of similar to him in the West that we're just not talking about him yet. That's Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is Derrick Rose of the West at the time. <laughs> You understand? Like, like they have that both kind of explosiveness. So he's kind of used to this kind of guy. Now, the one thing about Russell Westbrook is that we know that Russell Westbrook still has that knee injury that we don't talk about because we he just kind of make us forget about it. 
Like, like, remember, this is the difference between him and Derrick Rose for me. Is that with Derrick Rose, the first thing you you think about when you talk about Derrick Rose is that knee injury. When it comes to when it comes to Russell Westbrook, who had a similar knee injury, that's the last thing you even remember or talk about. We're talking about him just losing his athleticism and old age before we even talk about. Oh yeah, he has that injured knee. But Russell Westbrook will help set your culture. Russell Westbrook will help. You galvanize your team. He will make that team a team. He's going to force them to to hold each other accountable. He's going to force them to be about each, about their teammates. Hey, when somebody falls, you pick them up. You don't let somebody um, push somebody twice in the back without you getting into their face. You guys need a little bit you guys need to get a little bit more nastier. Kevin Knox, how the fuck am I consistently beating you up and down this court? Nah, we need to go we, we need to go push harder. We need to go play harder. Like you understand? He will do better for for the guys that want to get better. Like we autom like I can automatically say he will be an improvement on RJ Barrett. He will be an improvement on 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 Mitchell Robinson. You understand? Like and and, and I know you guys feel like that that Russell Westbrook needs the ball in his hands all the time. Well, he's the fucking point guard. That's, um, he has the point guard supposed to have the ball in his hand all the time. But you're also talking about a guy that not only will he help, um, will he help Mitchell Robinson with those rebounds because we know that he's a guy that can average ten rebounds in a, in a in a season. So he's gonna help the team get rebounds. So he will help the team in all phases of the game. Not only with scoring, he'll help them with the rebounds because he'll go out there and get rebounds as well. He's not that greedy as you think that he is because he's a guy that still has to, he averaged over 10 assists for a game. So guys also are going to know if you are open, he will hit you. Now, there are going to be certain points in, in the game where he may not trust your young ass. Yes, there are going to be those moments. And in those moments, he's going to bowl hard. But for the most part, in the course of the game, he's going to get those ball. He's going to get that ball out um, to cutters. He's going to get that ball out to open to open shooters. He's gonna get that ball out um, to Mitchell Robinson over the top. He's gonna get he's gonna get his numbers, and his num and ten It doesn't matter if if you say no, he's just getting those assists to get his numbers up. I'm getting those assists gets other players buckets because he can't get an assist if he, when he passes the ball to a teammate they don't score. I'm sorry. Like you know, Russell Westbrook is the only person that I know that gets ten assists a game, and you talk that, and you say that he's selfish with the ball. Like where the fuck you do that at? When did that start happening? That you could average ten assists a game, and they say that you're you're selfish with the ball. When can when does it where does it happen that that you, that they say that hey you getting ten rebounds makes you selfish with the ball? But yet when your big man gets the ball, what is he gonna do to help push that offense anyway? He's gonna get that ball out to the point guard. When have we ever had a problem with our point guard getting rebounds? Chris Paul averages about five to seven rebounds per game, and it's always a great thing when he gets a rebound because then he gets to push the pace of the of the game. Um, Rajon Rondo. Is one of the higher, um, higher rebounding guards in the game. When he gets rebound, it's a good thing because he's pushing the pace of the game. All of a sudden, with Russell Westbrook, there's all of these, there's, there's all of these negative connotations that come with the way that what comes with assisting and rebounding the ball, so that he can push the pace. And I'm sorry if half of his teammates haven't got that down to the ball, um, haven't haven't got back down the court yet. When he has the ball in his hand, get your cardio up. You know he's going to push. So. When he even when he leaves in three years, he would have helped set the 
the the culture of this team of, of of more than anything else. Hey, you guys need to work harder. You guys need to play both sides of the ball. You guys need to be a team or need to be a team for each other. Play with some nastiness. Play with a level of confidence. And you have to understand, at the end of, at the end of three years, you're still talking about Mitchell Robinson and um um, um possibly still be um, um being underneath his first contract or or extension on his rookie contract. You're still talking about having the rights to RJ RJ Barrett. You're still talking about possibly having the right to Kevin Knox if you haven't if you haven't traded him out possibly for a better younger piece. Whatever young whatever young piece that's coming out in the draft, because like I said, things are gonna have to happen fast. Because what is gonna happen in this draft? The New York Knicks have been looking for a point guard their whole entire life. Here goes this here goes a point guard draft that they can get their young point guard or they can get Russell Westbrook. What are the Knicks going to do? The only thing that I can guarantee you is that I'm scared because the Knicks are just known for knacking all over the place. And you don't understand how of, of how of, of how someone will feel until you've had the Knicks knack all over you. But these are the Knicks. And these are the times that I need. And these are and this is what's going on in basketball right now. So when you so when I have like when I, and I have friends that are just salty like oh I, I can't watch basketball like you ain't you ain't a true sports or basketball fan like because like there's so much excitement that's going on with the league so the Knicks we're gonna be keeping an eye on we're gonna be keeping an eye on Phoenix not we're gonna keep an eye on Phoenix we're gonna keep an eye on the Lakers we're gonna keep an eye on the Bucks we're gonna keep an eye on the Miami Heat right because they because they've been eerily quiet. And, you know, it's like a horror movie. Like, holy shit, this is way too quiet. We know something's about to happen. We don't like, you don't like the fact that Miami's being this quiet. That is not a good sign. So, so we're keeping, we're going to keep an eye on all of those teams as this free agents, as, as this NBA week starts off. We have the draft that's going to be tomorrow night. We will be live with the draft on in the back. Yes. So we'll be reacting to everything live, live, live. We'll see what the Knicks do about that eighth pick because listen, the Knicks maybe I say could the Knicks while we said Russell Westbrook is there for them to get, it's not a done deal that, that that James Harden is there yet. So the Knicks may still go out get their point guard and not know what they need to do yet. But if you're the Houston Rockets, the Knicks have enough assets to say that hey, you know what? The Knicks seem like a good destination, and we just heard that Russell Westbrook wants the ball back in his hand. He wants to be able to command it. You saw that in in the in the East, he's gonna be good enough to make it to the eight seed um, with the New York Knicks. I guarantee you that the New York Knicks will be a playoff team this year if they get Russell Westbrook. And then if you have Russell Westbrook here, who's to say that somebody else may not want to join? I don't know who. But who's to say that somebody else may not want to join? Who's to say that you can't move Julius Randle for somebody else? And I know you say like, damn, we just went from developing young talent to um to now trying to get all these other players in time. But also, young talent gets better when they're playing in meaningful games. And I understand that you got that that you want to get a develop a developmental year out to try to get under Tom Thibodeau. But you know what though, Tom Thibodeau can't make. You know, you know what I say? Like you, you could run as fast as you want, but you run, you'll run even faster when you're being chased by the cops. You understand? Like you can be as good as you, you, you can try to say that you're gonna play as hard as you're gonna play, but you're gonna play a little bit harder when you know something's on the line. And when you want, and you gotta start, want to start putting these young guys, this young team, in in positions where they're playing for, for they're playing meaningful basketball that means something, because that's the only way that you're gonna start upping your game. You can't up your game by being developmental, playing the Chicago Bulls, or only being good against the Chicago Bulls at the bottom feeders of the league. No, you're gonna start having to test your metal against the upper echelons, or seeing what kind, what kind, what level of play and what level of motivation, what level. 
of basketball it takes, of effort it takes for you to go continuously make it to that end. We just saw Jimmy Butler end, end a few couple of games that he won in his championship, and he was slumped over exhausted. You don't understand what that feels like until you've put yourself in that pressure cooker. This has been Dallin Domontillo with the Mighty Sports Podcast, and we are officially getting out of here. Don't forget that we have our three-hour extravaganza going on tomorrow night, starting at 8.07 p.m. I'll have my co I'll have my co-host KJ in the room. I'll have my guest host. Um I love my guest host, Mark, in the room. I love you too, Poe. I thank you for listening. I love Nat for listening. Everybody else that listened to the podcast, I appreciate you catching it. Anybody, everybody that listened to the read here, I, I love you guys too, and I, and I appreciate you catching it. Remember, tomorrow night is going to be that big night. I, hope, I really hope you guys come and catch it live if you can. I, that's, it's always a better show, right? Because I, I really want to be able to react to these things um, on, on air. You guys have never seen me react to a... Um, um, react to a draft. I've been wanting to do this, and I always get distracted. Right now, I have I have no excuse. I have all the equipment in the world. I can put the cameras where I need to be. I have a microphone. I have the will. I have the power. I make a field. You guys will come. This is Donald Martilla again. I hope you guys catch a wave that never subsides, and we are out of here. Yeah, play my outro before I say something more. Sorry, B. I tried. Honest. All the bandwidth in the world couldn't keep me contained. No lag, no lag. I got schoolwork to do. Gonna share my talents with Podbean Live. Always knew I'd take the pod there. Just a lot later than a lot of listeners thought. Last of the real gabbers. Well, maybe not the last. Munchkin got good mic skills. New, improved, my T podcaster. Potting down now. Last call for drinks. Bars closing. Sun's out. Heard the casino got a buffet breakfast. Don't want to go far. Wild night. Tired, B. Tired. My T. Sports.